Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the X1 Bros. It has been quite a week. Quite a huge week. There's been some big moves in the streaming space that we talked about on the pre-show. Mm-hmm. I think YouTube's going to become the number one streaming game in town uh, shortly. Spicy actually thinks in the next, within the next, by the end of the year. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah, let's say that. End of yeah. this year or end make, of next Make year. a bold move. Make a bold, bold statement. statement. Bold uh, statement. Twitch is going to crumble because they just don't have the hierarchy in their bureaucracy to handle what they're doing with their dumb mistakes. I think the strength of Twitch is not the company. The strength of Twitch is the content creators and the community, minus all the toxicity, of course. But I think that those are what make Twitch Twitch. And uh, basically, I think Twitch just kind of handicaps and cuts the knees out of every content creator that, that in any way they can, I feel. I feel, feel like the ads are terrible. I feel like they bully their content creators, and I think it's going to catch up to them because you have Facebook streaming and YouTube um, knocking things out of the park. I think they're improving a lot. I think YouTube still lacks some things. I think they need to get um, gift subs and add a premium uh, prime service. For those that do YouTube premium, I think they should... Uh, you know, have uh, be able to have a free sub to some of the content live streamers that you like. Mm-hmm. However, if those moves are made, everybody will jump ship. I think Twitch's brand is tarnished because of a lot of things that we learned. We talked about but on the on the pre-show, but that's my prediction. I think Twitch is just an awful company. I think the, <laughs> I think the content creators are awesome. I think the communities are awesome. I think the company is terrible. I think Amazon, I'm just going to keep going. I think Amazon knows this. They're the owners of Twitch, <laughs> and I think they're just trying to just hold on to dear life because Twitch is on top. They will pay the bills. They will take the hits because the streaming is the future of entertainment. It really is. It's what's going to be for the next 100, 200 plus years being able to have chat while you watch your movies, while you watch your live stuff. It's just Mm -hmm. the greatest thing in the world. And I'm going to be honest, I think Twitch is not the company to uh, take us to that level. I think other companies are at this point in time, unless Amazon gets fed up with what they do and clean house with the management that Twitch has. I think my opinion is... In less than a year, Twitch will be lowered from their high uh, uh, throne. And I think, I mean, with moves of grabbing Tim the Tatman, Dr. Lupo, you, the moves are happening again like we used to see back in the Mixer days yeah. when things were like, you know, it was like, oh, let's get him, let's get him, sign a contract. That's starting to happen again. And that means YouTube, they're serious. Facebook is serious. Things are... The the only thing holding them back right now is the lack of uh, gifted subs and the lack of a free sub. Yeah, that is that is it. And you, on YouTube, it's called memberships. But that's all that's holding them back. I really think that everybody sees content creators on Switch are they see it? They, they see they, it. Poor- they just roll like. They're everything they try to do. They just get handicapped. You know, they just get their knees cut out from under them. It's just not a fun thing to see because I love a lot of the streamers I see. And I personally have not watched Twitch since the bullying of 2020 of a lot of streamers that I really like. Uh, if you want to know more, instant message me on Discord <laughs> or just Google search how bad that company is. I'm sorry. I really don't like Twitch. It's pretty obvious. And I think... 
YouTube is they see the content creator as the key to growing streaming. And I don't think Twitch sees it in that same light. Yeah, they, they're reversed. They see themselves as the kingmaker. Yeah. Anyways, you asked. So It's very interesting. Actually, that is what uh, Ryan Watts said. I, I wonder, did I did I send you guys that? Let me see if I can. Yeah, you, to- yeah, I, you I, sent I us. Find that. Mm-hmm. He talked about um, that that's. And Ryan of, Watts is the head of YouTube Gaming. Ryan Watts is the head of YouTube Gaming. That that's one of the, the problems with the, the current UI on Twitch and something they're trying to fix on YouTube that they've, you know, he's not released the solution to it yet, but on Twitch, when it, when the, it, the biggest streamers, the top 1% of streamers get discovered and nobody else does, twi- it makes the platform the kingmaker instead of quality rising to the top. Mm-hmm. And that is one thing that for all the things, all these big tech companies do, do some stuff that we really like and some stuff that we don't like. Nobody's perfect. None of them are perfect. But one of the things that YouTube does do correctly is if you are if you are creating quality content that people want to see, it just takes time, but you will be discovered and you will grow an audience. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. You, you, you apply that concept to streaming. Yeah. And that's the ball game. Everyone so, will be there. So to answer your question or your, you know, my bold statement, I think I think Twitch is going to not be number one by the end of the year. That's my prediction. Yeah. And it's probably completely biased because I hate bullies. And I think <laughs> Twitch is a bully. Mm-hmm. So there you go. That's my opinion. There we go. I, I, think, that's have, all- I, mu- I think I think I grew, woke it, up on the wrong side of the bed. It felt therapeutic for you. You know what? <laughs> yes. Let me talk. Let's talk that's, about my father. That's, that's <laughs> Mr. McSpicy's rant. Uh, on Twitch and uh, <laughs> no, I think Jordan and I both agree. So we'll, let's move on from that. I do want to. We do have a super chat. Kier Thompson in uh, chat. Everybody, we do live stream over on YouTube every week. The podcast, come join us. YouTube.com forward slash X One Bros. Kier Thompson says, "Love you guys. Your podcast always gets me through my shift at work." Uh, thank you very much, Kier Thompson. We appreciate it. Glad you're here watching, uh, and happy we could get you through your shift, your yep. shifty shaft. You're shifty. What? <laughs> I don't want to ever <laughs> say that ever. So some there was some there was speaking of the Twitch YouTube drama, there was some more drama this week in the oh, yeah. interwebs with kind of some console war drama, but not really. It was like uh it was like console wars on the peripherals. It has to do with Xbox Smart Delivery. So Xbox Smart Delivery is this idea that if you own a game on Xbox, you purchase it on Xbox One, Smart Delivery will automatically upgrade that game for you to a P- or to an Xbox Series X or Series mm-hmm. S. Basically, whichever when you buy your game in the Xbox ecosystem, it will download the correct assets to whichever system you're using, whether that be on the Xbox. Uh, Xbox One, Xbox One S, Xbox One X, or the newer Xbox Series X. It'll download what your console is capable of at no extra cost. Yeah, and the reason that this is an issue is because PlayStation 5 fans or PlayStation fans are getting a little bit screwed as of right now. Now, whether or not PlayStation decides to change this policy, I think they kind of have to, from a marketing perspective point, I'm not sure if they will. We'll, We'll see. But as of right now, um, Horizon Forbidden West, which is their big, their their new their big title, PS Five exclusive, PlayStation exclusive, it's I guess, PlayStation exclusive. Yeah, you know. if you buy it on the PlayStation Four, it costs you fifty nine dollars or seventy nine dollars for the special edition. Guess what you have to do if you want to play it on PS Five? You have to buy a whole new copy, which starts at seventy, which for starts base edition, at sixty nine. I don't like to begin with already because that's that ten dollar upgrade mm-hmm. that uh, these gaming companies are trying to move or, to. 
or you can buy the digital access bundle for seventy nine dollars, which which, is $80. which gives you access to both. You get a dual license per se. So uh, where, so that's the pricing, right? Now where people are getting really upset, and I think what is causing a lot of the drama is, I believe it was it was either earlier this year or last year when PlayStation said that you will get a upgrade to the new console for free. Yeah. So they're going back on what they said. And then that's where smart delivery is coming in because if I buy, let's take Halo Infinite, for example. Let's let's pretend I don't have Game Pass, which is already another great thing for Xbox. Um, let's say I don't have Game Pass and I want to play the Halo Infinite campaign. Uh, and I only have uh, the Xbox One, the original Xbox One. I buy it for, uh, I believe it's $60, which again, I like that it's not 70 Yeah, sure. Uh, which is fantastic. I get that game and it works as it was intended to work on my Xbox One. Then I decide I want to stay within the Xbox ecosystem and I purchase myself an Xbox Series X, which I already have. This is all hypothetical. Uh, I then go and re-download my game and it gives me the proper assets for the Xbox Series X because in Microsoft's eyes, I already own that game and it comes with me wherever the you know I am within the Xbox Xbox ecosystem, right? Yeah. Which is this is what I've been saying for a while and I do not think Microsoft and Xbox get enough credit for this, but I think Microsoft and Xbox are far more consumer friendly than both Sony and Nintendo. Well, they've been they've been doing smart delivery for like 20 oh, yeah. years. Yeah. Then what I mean is you right click and you run as, you know, <laughs> Windows XP edition. Yeah, yeah. You can run programs in a you know retro manner, they, <laughs> this is not this is not old th- old to them. They understand that they come out you know their with- PC experience <laughs> gives them that advantage. Yeah, uh, yeah. Some 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 big players in the Xbox space and even in the PlayStation space uh, tweeted about this this week. One of the best ones that I that I found I think is Colt Eastwood. He says, "When the majority of your fan base can't get a new PS5." Don't punish them with an upgrade tax. Do the right thing, PlayStation. That's essentially what it is. It's an upgrade tax. Mm-hmm. And they can't even get a PlayStation 5 right now <laughs> anyways. So also, are you holding back people from purchasing a, a PlayStation 5? Like, yes, I get better graphics. Yes, I get faster load times. But my games cost more. Mm-hmm. In addition to your already new $500 machine. I mean, right? it's not really hurt them. They're always sold out. So yeah. there is that that aspect to it. But yeah, I don't. I, I really do think, like you said, Jordan, I do think it is not what's best for the consumer at all. Um, no, and, and I mean, Microsoft gets like, you know, I, I don't know. I feel like Microsoft. They get made fun of a lot yeah, for being the yeah, opposite. Yeah, I, I feel like they get a lot of flack. Like people like, uh, uh, I dollar mean, sign. there's even big streamers that I really like watching. Uh, that even kind of like, oh, well, you know, Microsoft should get out of the console business. I don't think they should get out of the console business. I think they're do- what they're doing is they're building an ecosystem, right? Yeah. And that ecosystem, I think now at the center is is Game Pass, right? I mean, Game Pass on its own is probably one of the most consumer-friendly ideas in the gaming industry uh, right now, right? I mean, being able to play your games wherever you want uh, for that monthly fee, whether that be on PC or Xbox or, you know, and now they have a bundle which includes Xbox Live. Well, speaking of, yeah, speaking of Game Pass, Craftopia yeah, just on dropped Pass. on Game Pass. And this is the game, if you've not seen the trailer for Craftopia, think of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Take a left turn at every other game mechanic that you can think, and you have Craftopia. <laughs> yeah. And that's what this game is. This game, I mean, it, the trailer starts with a dragon mount and quickly goes into crafting, Fortnite mechanics, race cars, battleships, mm-hmm. Stardew Valley. Stardew Valley, the Zelda, Harvest you know, Moon, the Zelda Glide, of, of course. Mounts. Riding. 
cows, Minecraft stuff. And it's, it's on Game Pass. And it it's is on, on Game, Game Pass. Pass right now. And that's the value. If you were paying for Game Pass, you can try this out because it is in preview. So mm-hmm. it's not a game. It's $24.99, I think, if you pay for it in preview. It's not a game I, I think I would pay for necessarily, especially I with just probably every, buy this. Especially everything that's out there right now. Not in preview mode. But every it on Game Pass, I'll nowadays. just try it. Yeah. Yeah. What's the deal with that? Every game is in preview mode now. That's except just... like the super powered AAA games. But then they put their multiplayer mode in beta. They call it beta. Yeah. Like that's just the trend now. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I really but, think yeah. for the speaking of the game, not to derail the conversation. I swear, like when they were in their boardroom and they're like, let's make a game. Oh, and they're like, okay, what games do you like? Frank, I like Stardew Valley. And then they're, I like Breath of the Wild. And they just wrote all these down. They did not cross one game off. <laughs> every single mechanic in every game ever is in this game. The motto was not, we can't put that in there. It was, how do we put that in there? <laughs> that is true. That is true. That, there's, uh, there was no holding like the back. Take, the take makes me laugh. But yeah. it's it's games like this that brings value to game to Game Pass. Sure. Y- you know, which is... Well, I think every game brings value to Game Pass yeah. because I don't have to play it if it doesn't appeal yeah. to me. Well, and even if I were watching a trailer right now, but I think at the end of this trailer, there will actually be the X and S symbol, which means it's it's going to be optimized for the Series X. And sure. guess what? Not only do I have to pay for it because it's on Game Pass. I mean, yeah, I have to pay my monthly fee for over 100 games. But uh, so not only do I, I mean, it's already on Game Pass. I don't have to pay for an upgrade. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just Microsoft is incredibly consumer friendly right now. I say right now because I'm. They're Can not, we say Xbox is? Can we say, or do you think it's entirely? Well, I, I want to give credit to. Uh, Xbox, I want to give credit yeah, to Phil. Okay, yeah. let's give Phil credit. Well, I think he might run the company at this point. <laughs> because, I mean, we he's know. doing good. So Xbox, Xbox is very consumer friendly right now. Uh, I say right now because you know. We've known for a while that they view Xbox as one of their most positive brands, Microsoft. I mean, mm-hmm. they've they've come out and said that. And it's why, if you notice on on even their Windows preview that they showed of their new Windows, Windows Eleven, Windows Eleven, Xbox was prominent there as well. And so that I know, I know that that's one of their most positive brands. And I think with good reason at this point, it's just there's it's value upon value upon value. And it's why you've got to be excited for this next generation. What are we a mm-hmm. year into the generation now? A year and a half into the generation. You've got to be excited for it. No, I am too. Well, and and a lot of people think, like, like going back to to what I said, some people think that Xbox or yeah, Xbox or Microsoft should drop like the console, you, you know, since they're putting all their games on PC. I don't think that's a bad thing. Yeah, you know, let let's be honest. Which company pioneered crossplay, or or very heavily pushed crossplay? Uh, Xbox. It, it, really, it definitely. Yeah. According to court cases, it definitely wasn't Sony. <laughs> so, but it was Xbox, right? And, and that only brings—I mean, Epic Games is uh, there when they flipped. They decided to flip their Sony Switch. Yeah. <laughs> Sony Switch. Yeah. Well, okay. Let, okay. Being wasn't that Rocket? Be, okay. Be, it was Rocket League. Rocket oh, League. Was it Rocket League? Okay. Rocket League went whoops. <laughs> oh, sorry. Everyone, play for a day. <laughs> sorry. Okay, we'll turn that switch off. Do I guess sh- it is. So possible. I want to show you that it's possible, everyone. A B, okay. Being fair, I guess it's more the studios and developers that have done it. And yes, you can go back and say Final Fantasy did. It and you know stuff like that, but I feel like as a platform, Xbox has says, "Hey, let's bring down the barriers and let you play how you want to play." 
Yeah. You know, and I think they're the ones that push that. And it's become, I mean, it's almost like I get, I kind of get upset when games don't cross progression more so than cross play. I'm like, you know, I, I jump over my PC and I'm like, my stuff's not here. What uh, is it, it kind of it kind of upsets time me. Yeah. That doesn't happen now. It's a kick in the balls. I know it. Re- it really is. It hurts harder it really than is. before. It really every is. every month that goes by, and another game does that, and you can't p- get the same progression on another platform that you're playing on. It's a kick in the balls. No, it is. And I I know there's there's um I know. Like ESO, for example, I wish they could do crossplay. I, I I don't understand why they can't or cross progression. Cross progression would be great. I, I, they they have come out and said it's it's much more complicated than it than just saying it. Which I I I I'm sure that it you can't just flip a switch. You have to do something. But I, I don't think that's what's holding them back from mm. from doing from from some of these companies doing stuff like that right yeah. and i'm i'm glad that developers like epic who who have probably epic and psionics and and even square enix with with final fantasy have kind of i guess they were the original pioneers and then microsoft was just the first big platform that got on board with it so yeah. but uh anyway and that all ties into a very xbox consumer friendly bubble that yeah, it yeah, mm-hmm. it does it really does mm-hmm mm-hmm Anyways, what was your question? Just Craftopia. I want to talk about Craftopia <laughs> and game game on Game Pass. Game Pass. I'm very excited yeah. to jump into this. We just discovered this a little while ago. Uh, what the beginning of summer, I think, that we saw. Yeah, this when we the saw the first trailer, I think we saw it at stream. E, we saw it at E3 or something. Yeah, it's been on Steam yeah. for sure. So it's just which is another uh, Microsoft platform. Yeah, <laughs> Windows, <laughs> Windows. <laughs> but, but a lot of PC guys don't know that. But yeah, it's true. You you have Windows to play Steam's. It's games. true, guys. I've been playing what? Psychonauts. I've continued to play Psychonauts. And can I just say, last week I said the level building blows my mind. Diving deeper in, it only my impre- my thoughts on that have only increased in well, excitement and improvement. I'm I'm gonna say this since we're we're talking about it. I think Psychonauts is probably one of my favorite and in my opinion one of the best 3D platformers since Mario 64. It's that in my opinion it's that And good. I say 3D platformers cuz I yeah. I do feel that 2D and 3D have a little bit different. Yeah, no they absolutely yeah, do. But. Just the way the story is being told at, at where I'm at right now and the way the levels work. Have you done the casino levels? Yeah. Yet like the way that what's her name the Lucktopus, <laughs> Lucktopus or something like that. Yeah. The way that you do that, where you have to go to each different thing on the level on the cube, and each one is different, and it interacts really well with each other, and the way your your friends are in there are just so cool, and the entire concept is so unique that you are. And I know Psychonaut fans, longtime Psychonaut fans, will say, "Well, where were you? Well, this was always the case." I didn't play the first Psychonauts, but. That you're inside someone's mind, helping them, planting ideas. It's not just good storytelling. It's next level ideas of storytelling that that just leave you in awe on top of next level level design. Well, it's, I think it's a, a, an example of a, a game developer taking a risk and making a game. Because there's, there's a lot of games that just repeat the same formula over and over again. And yeah. I actually think Nintendo is the best at doing this, uh, changing up formulas and, and taking risks on games. Um, some of them hit, some of them don't, y- you know. But um, I, like you said, the the ideas they have, 
in this game, the way you the the way the levels are designed and how they tell the story, isn't really in any other game. It's it's, it's their not. own style of game, and I like developers that do that because it it makes it a fun and exciting and a new experience. It's what gaming is all about. That's what I feel this game does. This is what great games do is remind you why gaming is is a blast. It's not just a carbon copy of some other game. Uh, with mechanics that you're used to just with a different skin over it. Great games are entirely unique on, mm-hmm. unto themselves. And that's what, and that's what this has. Spicy, have you had a chance to play any more of it? So I wasn't able to turn on my Xbox this entire week. Oh my goodness. Yeah. All unfortunately, right. but I, I mean, I'm pretty far into the are game. Are we going to have to talk you off the ledge here? <laughs> yeah, <soon? laughs> probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's pretty rough. It was no. been a rough week for me. Yeah. I just thoroughly, oh, I, I'm pretty far into the game. Yeah. I'm very far into the game already. I, and I gave my thoughts last week, uh, pretty extensively. I think it's a fantastic game. Still. Yeah. I, I, the other thing is my kids sit and it's a family game in the respect that, my kids sit and watch me play, and they're hooked. And I don't think that they understand what's going on, but I think the voice acting is really good, and the color palette is such that it just grabs you, and it appeals to children. And so if you're looking for a game that you can play as a family with your, with your kids, I think, this is, I think this, is, this is one of them. Yeah, cool. It's, it's, really, it's really fun. Anyways, I, just, I did want to talk about Psychonauts because... I, this is going to be my second game I finish of the year. Good for you. Uh, right. uh, Omno, Omno was an accomplishment. Uh, it's just <laughs> been one of those years. This one, uh, I'm, on, I'm on point. Which, I, which actually brings us to a question that we have. Um, IStuKing91 writes in. Thank you very much, IStuKing, for writing in. He says, hey, bros, as we all have crazy lives, I'm struggling to keep up with so many great games at the moment. Thanks to Game Pass. What do you guys do to combat this? Do you dive deep, deep dive into one game, then move on, or play a few hours of each? I love the show, Stu. Hey, thank you very much, Stu King. Also, everybody, if you want to write in, you can do so every every single week on our community tab on YouTube. We push, uh, you know, we we have a mail sack that goes up. So come and leave your question there and, and have a chance for it to get answered here on the show. But I I wanted to bring this up for us, too, because I noticed... You want to know the number one thing in, in that I've, I've noticed? I've increased my game playing in the last three months tenfold Mm -hmm. and it's that i finally have a setup and i never realized my setup was hindering my gameplay time i have a big old comfortable couch in my basement my screen is right in front of me and it's it's just it's just a comfortable place with great lighting that i can enjoy the game before i had it in my office i mean this is my office but it's been a new office but my office wasn't the most comfortable. I had gotten a couch. It wasn't the most comfortable couch. Just moving to a comfortable couch has made all the difference for me. Yeah. Where I struggled to play games before because it just, it wasn't that comfortable, relaxing experience that mm-hmm. it could be. So my advice, if you're struggling to not just find time to play games, but you're struggling to find the desire to play games. Have a safe space to play. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Have a dedicated place that is comfortable. And and I, that that for me has increased it tenfold. And you don't need an entire room for this. David has a he's he's mentioned his portable. Remember your Walmart portable <laughs> yeah, location, yeah. Gaming station? yeah, yeah, the gaming station. It was on wheels. It was on like what was that? Like a 
It was just a cart, a it little a, entertainment cart. An entertainment cart. He put a little cable, uh, power strip on there. Inside. <laughs> so there was just one plug. Bloop. Put a monitor on top, the Xbox or his, on other consoles and everything you needed on the bottom. And he just rolled that to where he Wherever wanted. Wherever wanted to play in the house, <laughs> which I kind of have that set up in my office now with the couch. It's a 27-inch 4K mo- gaming monitor, and it's on wheels, and I just roll it right up to the couch. <laughs> Uh, and my Xbox Series X is on my desk. I just got a really long HDMI cord. Yeah. And it just comes right up to... And it's it's ultimate comfort. So you don't... What I'm saying is you don't need to have all the bells and whistles. Just no, get a don't. whistle. Just yeah. get a whistle. You don't need bells. <laughs> just get a whistle. Uh, yeah. Now, Jordan... Jordan, I think, is the strategy of playing a lot of games simultaneously. If you want, if you want to play as many games as you can manage, he's the guy to talk yeah. to. So what is your strategy? How... How do you successfully do that? Because I do that, but I never finish them. Uh, you just got to power through a game. Did you know? He's a power. He just power mentals through. up. And it's well, it always gets hard towards the end of the year because that's when you get all your holiday games. Mm. You know, so you want to you want to try and beat all those ten to fifteen hour campaigns as quick as you can, and then just jump into those because you know, like when Battlefield comes out, that's you know you're playing that multiplayer basically till Halo comes out. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. So it's just. So luckily, there's no single player campaign. In that and one, you so do you sacrifice back. sleep to go through these games. Uh, sometimes, you know. Yeah. So it does. But keep in mind, you do. You might have to sacrifice to, to play games if it's something that you really like. <laughs> if you are burnt out, I think that's that's the that's part of this question too. Gaming burnout. Sometimes don't force it. Sometimes yeah, you, you need to take step a step away. back, and then you'll eventually come back. A lot of times, I think work, especially over the last year, as we work from home and and our work. Home life becomes uh, melded together. That's where I've noticed it's 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 difficult to create that space. And I think me having like this comfortable couch, that couch. Well, it's almost like is you're my not, non-work space. You're not coming home to relax anymore because you didn't really leave. Yeah, for work, so I think you know? that's oh. screwed up a lot of people's gaming time. And Spicy's a veteran of the work from home melding pot, dealing with thing. that. So there's how, bags under my. Yeah, how do you how how do you successfully? <laughs> Do you game in the same place that you work? Yeah. Yeah. You used to not. I know. I used to not, but I had to turn that place into the Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> location. <laughs> that's that's the, that, that's where the D&D table is. So I can't uh, play up there anymore. Yeah. <sighs> so, yeah. So my setup is there's my work PC and then to the left of it right over there. I, I guess I could show people, but I'll do that later. Um, I have a TV at the station. I would say that's not the best move. For me, the best move is to have a place for work and have a place for gaming. Yeah. If you can. Because it's hard to... Because there's a... Your mind does think... You like it's... It's like drugs. <laughs> right? If, if It's like smoking. A lot of... When you're trying to quit smoking, a lot of it is about friends and location. Like there are just places that you go to to okay. smoke and people you hang out with when you smoke. <laughs> Okay. Right, gaming is similar in the and it's because it's a habit. Gaming is similar in the respect that if I'm always and this was my problem before, if I'm always in the same place that I'm working, my mind goes into work mode, not enjoyment mode, and I struggled to go to that same place to game. If you have a dedicated place for gaming, it becomes your sure. mm-hmm. it's much easier obstacle to get over. So I'm in an off, you know, an off season of my perfect gaming setup right now, but. To answer your question, I've yet to successfully do it. I understand this question entirely. It's 
pretty tough. You are though. Spicy style wise is a deep dive single game. Yeah, guy. I play a game hard, very hard. And then he walks. And away. then I walk. And then I wash my hands of it, and I walk walks away. away with no regrets. <laughs> no regrets. Never going back. Yeah. So there are different styles there. We do have a super chat. DJ Hero uh, drops a super chat. Thank you very much. He says, "My college esports team that I coach." Just won the national competition for best jersey, and I wanted to throw money at someone to celebrate. DJ Hero, congratulations. Dude, speaking of esports, how far are we from esports really coming into the mainstream? We talked about Twitch is in this, or streaming's in this adjustment period. It's going to change over the next couple years. Gaming's going to adjust in the next couple years. Where does esports fit in that algorithm? Another 10 years for the old people to die. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Will we see it in the Olympics? The Olympics, that one's going to be a rough one. Uh, maybe eventually, but we're, I don't think we're close to that yet. Mm. It's, it's definitely the, you have to get rid of the stereotype gamer, um, whatever it is, the, the chubby, you know, whatever the stereotype is, that has to be completely gone. And it, and a lot of parts it is like in South Korea, <laughs> those are, now those are athletes. We're talking 12 hours a day for the first since you're five years old till you're 16 of just one game. Yeah. Starcraft, for yeah. example, where your muscles are. Ju- it's like well, I, we, I played soccer growing up as the as a Jew. When you first I was in high school till I realized, oh, kicking a ball is not a natural yeah. movement because you've just been doing it's just natural. And to you. we are getting. We we are getting better. When I say we, everyone outside of South Korea. Yeah. We are getting better at being good at video games. We were we were good until we saw them play. You know, we thought we were good until we saw them play, basically. But I the Olympics, that's a rough one. I would I'd like to see it in my lifetime, but it's that's that's gonna be a tough nut to crack. Yeah. Um but it's it's definitely possible. I mean, you at at one point having skateboarding and snowboarding in you know in the Olympics was a are we ever going to see it in our lifetime conversation as well? So and that's here now, yeah. So mm. you know it's definitely a possibility. I hope it would be, but definitely you know what's you know what's going to happen. It's as soon as a Dota or a League or a StarCraft or a or a just a tournament when that brings in more money on NBC than the Olympics. That's when we'll see the jump mainstream. That's when they're gonna put they're gonna put a game in there. The thing is though, it's a hard one because hardware changes, whereas hardware changes faster than our physical bodies. And I know that sounds weird, but athletes have they get better and better every year and it's you wonder why it's because the training gets better and better every year so the the bodies that takes a little bit it becomes more scientific correct mm. whereas a game at the most lasts a decade yeah that's that's the problem so you're always having to adjust maybe they'll start out by bringing speed running to the olympics Oh, that I mean, that's a good. Really that's cool. a good because I mean, that's, they're still speed running Mario sixty four. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Jordan, yeah, spe- yeah. Jordan just blew my mind. Yeah. 
But 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 they, but I don't think that'll bring in the uh, the users as much yeah. as like Warzone would or so you know sure. you know, or Dota or people you know. can relate to a little bit more. I think I think it's possible. Maybe 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 you don't need to be in the Olympics. Maybe you just need to replace them. Yeah. Which have the gaming Olympics. Which don't they technically already have with like like Blizzard does the uh, uh, world WCS? What I mean, you know, stuff like that. What I mean by replacing them, I really mean the same thing I said previous. When NBC, or in this case YouTube live streaming at that point, when they have to make a decision, do we grab that contract for the Olympics or do we grab? the dota contract and it's well this one will make us more money okay the new the new tournament is going to be that shown and now you have to go to our off brand our our uh esports or our olympic channel eight you know (laughs) just the espn eight you know channel eight that's That's totally a thing too yeah because i think i think it's definitely possible and people are probably saying you're crazy and I was told I was crazy 10 years ago when I said that esports is going to be a thing, and now we see that on ESPN. Yeah. You know, we see tournaments yeah. on ESPN now. So, uh, DJ Hero, who is an esports college coach, says, I think someday it will be bigger than the Olympics. So he, oh. he does agree with you. Uh, back to our uh, back to our original discussion on where to, where to game or a prep previous one. T-Buck says he does game in his office. But when it's game time, he turns on the RGB <laughs> lights, and that's, then it's game on, that's and a, that's yeah. effectively creating two different rooms. That's that's true. <laughs> well that's done, T Box. Brian F says skills always improving. I always hear that before Tony Hawk, people couldn't do a 1080, but after he did it, it's been done several times after. Yeah, no, it's the same with and by a, like a 12 year old. Yeah, it's the same thing with with running once. Once someone breaks like the the mile time, the four minute mile could never be done. The five minute mile can never. Once someone does it, multiple people are able to do it. It's just it takes that initial crux, and it's the same with I think streaming and popularity, or not streaming, but esports popularity. It will just take one to do it, and then more will more will. Come. Wasn't there yeah. a uh, like a two hour sprint that was recently done? That's like the record was just nuts. I think the average was like a four and a half minute mile for two hours. Oh really? I yeah. don't. I Just don't. recently, I, mean, I could be crazy. Check I mean, and they tell me. Do it. I mean, they do. They they average your mile time for marathon runners, and maybe it was that. I think. And it was just like some. It. It just destroyed everything. Yeah. Recently. Yeah. It was. I thought it was recently, but I guess I. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not. In, I'm not in a real sports <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm an esports uh, guy. I'll tell you what, what. What we before the show we watched battle the new Battlefield Operator trailer and the different uh-huh. skills there. Jordan, let's start. Jordan. Do you think that the skills for those of you who haven't watched the Battlefield 2042 operator trailer, go watch it right now and then come back to this discussion. Number one, do you think the skills are a good match for the game at this point? Do they seem balanced? And number two, what is your favorite skill from what we've seen? Um, I don't know. They're the all. Class. I mean, they're all good. Yeah. So basically, what they're doing is they're getting rid of the traditional class system, and each operator kind of stems off of the classes, like the assault, the engineers, the support. Yeah. So what they're doing in this trailer is they showed us four operators and one of them comes from each of those traditional classes like the engineer, you know. So basically every operator has a spe- what they call a specialty, which is like your main ability. So for example, one operator has a grappling hook, another operator has a dart gun that can heal from afar, and then everybody has a trait which is essentially like a passive. Now the passives I think are meant to complement your game style rather than change the game, which makes sense because they're just a passive. And those passives complement like the assault while aiming down sight 
gets a movement bonus. Uh, he, so he can move a little bit quicker when he aims down sight than, say, the support class. Like when he aims, right, right Yeah, like strafing. And, and so at least that's how it reads when we watch the trailer. Um, the recon class, the sniper, they have a drone for their main ability. And then their passive is they get like a... We'll have to see how it works in game, but they, they get essentially like a... a a An small alert. notification that oh, someone's yep. behind them. Yep, it's in red. So, yeah, red so arrow. which which would help a sniper because snipers traditionally are in a position looking forward. So if you can like almost detect if someone's behind you, it makes uh, sniping from any location viable. Yeah. So and I mean obviously it's not the whole battlefield. It's probably a range. But anyway, I I actually like the system that they're doing. I like the way they're going with this. Uh, and it looks good. They already did make one change, so it's good that they're making changes and testing things out and all these technical alphas that they're doing. The change, the lady with the dart gun, I guess she used to be able to revive with that dart gun. Now it just heals because apparently during testing, they found that it was incredibly overpowered being able to revive from from afar. Yeah, what's interesting about these classes is this to me is proof that we are not going to see another Battlefield multiplayer edition. It, they're going to be like war, war zone because instead of classes, we're going to individuals with specific skills and what that enables you to do is what Apex does, what Rainbow Six does. So drop drop additional characters every so often to refresh the game. I'm gonna I'm gonna counter that with um, they've already been doing this for a while. They're just calling it something different. The support would throw down not the support was that the engineer would throw down the ammo uh, to your teammates. That was its ability. You know its yeah. ability. The combat medic could. Um, heal faster or sure. actually, you know that was its ability battlefield has always technically had what we're seeing we're just now seeing names to these characters yeah, but that, and then i think but i think that's well, substantial well, one they're more they're more niche so there's going to be 10 operators at launch they're not all going to have the same abilities so like the one med at least how we understand it there may be another medical operator but she has different traits and abilities than the other medical operator yeah which if that makes which sense. that's how we're reading the fact it now. that you give them names instead of just generic classes to me says we're going to bring this enables us to bring additional characters. With, yeah, with, I don't with, I don't think it's going to be the last battlefield multiplayer. Um, I think they'll add on to this. I think. Yeah, but what I'm I saying think is this because battlefield jumps to time periods right now. You could make the argument that battlefield portal replaces your your future battlefields because in portal you basically can eventually at one point add all the battlefield games which are all different time periods and yeah. different weapons i mean keeping that balanced may or may not be difficult that's why it's kind of a different mode but uh, i but the thing with battlefield is they always wait multiple years before iterations anyway so it's not like i don't i think we'll probably see another battlefield i would say because of the way they're doing this one and i think it'll be more live service because that just seems to be the way games are going I don't think we'll see another new battlefield. I would say like, I don't know, five years, five to eight years, maybe. So, yeah, so, so I, th I think a, a good chunk. Yeah, a good chunk of time. And that's just because I'm thinking with Battlefield Portal, you could add a lot with Battlefield Portal and Battlefield Portal, because it's basically Battlefield's version of uh, or Battlefield 2042's versions of yeah, you can compare it to like a forge mode or a or a custom server mode. I think that brings a lot of life into into your game, which again is is a bummer why Halo's not launching with it, but hopefully yeah. you know. Spicy. Let's answer T-Buck's question here. I'll have you answer it. T-Buck says, "Haven't been as hyped for this game since Cyberpunk, 
But there's no way they poop the bed like Cyberpunk did, right? I don't think anybody's going to poop the bed like <laughs> Cyberpunk does. You say that. Because <laughs> that, that was, I mean, the, the, other, the, the other big, let's call it poop the bed, was Battlefront. But <laughs> Battlefront wasn't necessarily broken. I mean, it was broken in the respect that it was pay to win, but it wasn't broken in the respect that you couldn't actually play the game. You know, I, I think Cyberpunk, unfortunately, released a game that yeah. was not finished. And I know we say that a lot, but there's there's not finished, which is like your normal release. And then there's really not finished, which was another game. And then Cyberpunk was probably a few notches below that. So I guess we got to define poop the bed. Is that what we're defining? Like, yeah, is it, if it's broken because previous Battlefield, they poop the bed in their marketing department. So the game and online well, Battlefield, and Battlefield 4, Four really online, which which is now considered yeah, one of the best the Battlefields. Yeah. yeah, they cleaned it up. It took they a changed, year to they wipe. changed. Yeah, they changed the sheets and the bedpan. <laughs> yeah, but well, they, they, they got it, it. And now I think it's the best bed out there in the Battlefield <laughs> universe. Uh, but uh, yeah, they did soil so. It. So with this, what what's their forge mode? What, what's it called? The portal. So, uh, it's, portal? I, I don't want it. Yeah, but it's in my. It's it leans we're, towards that forge. Yeah, it's Battlefield kay. Portal though. Custom servers. Stuff My like that. only concern is splitting the player base up too much, and I'm thinking, I'm thinking that's why like games like Halo Infinite, these these perpetual Warzone, these perpetual mm-hmm. game modes, being their marquee multiplayer, you know, games. You have to have a singular place for gamers to go that are in your play, your fan base yeah. to play. If my only concern is if you start doing all these other, you know, pre, are they planning on doing previous guns, previous all that stuff? If that splits the player base so much that you can never find a game in whatever you're trying yeah. to do in the game modes that are less popular. I mean, it happens yeah, all the time. I mean, I look at look at. I mean, what was it? Was it Modern Warfare Two that had like? 25 different modes. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's a danger in doing something like that and not having a localized place to play the specific game modes that you're known for. Yeah. You don't want to stretch yourself. It's like an economy. No, I, I, I I get what you're saying. I mean, I don't know. I guess it can go both ways. Right. Cause I think a thing like battlefield portal could add longevity to your game. Like it does with, um, like take Battlefield 4, for example. Yeah. A lot of those servers you're playing on are custom servers now. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's still room there, but... Well, they were always custom yeah, servers. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Even uh, on launch, they yeah. were like weird. Um, I, I do think cross-play helps with that issue yeah. because you're drawing from a bigger pool of people. Yeah. But no, I, I get what you're saying. So I I do... I mean, they're not going crazy with their game. We essentially have three pillars, right? You have the main battlefield experience, which I assume is just going to be Conquest and Rush, mm-hmm. how the developer intends it to be played. And then you have Portal, which is your custom, let's just call it custom servers or a, you know, forge area. And then you have whatever this new Tarkov-esque mode is going to be in Hazard Zone, right? Yeah. Do we know anything more about that? No, nope. still waiting. <laughs> yeah, still waiting. I think it's... Which potentially probably could take most of your player base, <laughs> yeah. depending on how yeah, it's depending done. Depending on how yeah. good it is. Yeah, successful. So. Now, if you have them cooperate with each other, like 
they are they synchronize so you get different credits by playing different games and they force you to play two games I, mean, I don't Warzone know. I don't know how you do that. that. Call of Duty. Well, I think does that. I. I don't know. I guess. I guess stuff. one way to counter it is like with your dailies. But the thing is, is I don't like if you have daily quests and stuff. But again, I. I don't like a game telling me where and how I have to play Blizzard, especially, especially if it's like a sandbox game like this. You know, yeah. I. I think. I think it's gonna be. Let's let's compare it to Halo because Halo kind of has three pillars as well. There's your core multiplayer. There's Forge mode. Yeah. which is let's call it custom multiplayer and then there's campaign you know what i mean i think if you deliver a solid experience players are going to naturally jump between those organically there probably will be more popular modes than than others but i don't know i th- I, I think you can do it but i i get what you're saying especially when the game starts to lose steam after like exactly. the initial year of high you know the first year you, you kind of you got other newer and games when you're coming going out. like you said six years between releases yeah, and adding stuff. I, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, I mean, I think it's, I think it's the nature of being a game developer. You have to think of ways to prevent that, right? And didn't actually Call of Duty patent a way to keep players in the game? <laughs> didn't they <laughs> patent it? Like it's a patent that they, I don't know. It's something. Remember well, I know that to, in order to play the game you want, you have to buy the game you don't want. So yeah, I know they did patent that. Yeah. So I, I don't know. It's going to be an interesting experience. I mean, I. I think they'll be okay because I think Battlefield does have a solid core audience or yeah, community. Yeah, and, um, it's a, and it's a large community. And I too. think I think this game will bring a lot of those community members back because let's be honest, uh, even if you look at influencers, they, they've not necessarily left the game. They still enjoy Battlefield, but they're playing different games because Battlefield Five, unfortunately, just didn't deliver on on a lot of the stuff that we wanted. That, that yeah, that they were there that they wanted to give to us. Yeah, whereas this is coming in with a lot of hype. People are getting excited. But again, I mean, a, a year down the road, all that's going to be gone. You're we, just going to have that. So it's, it's going to be interesting we, to see. I sound I mean, like a dro- broken record here, but they do, even in even in showing off these these new, not not classes, but they're, operators. They're like underneath a hero class. What? It's hard because they're not, it's not rainbow. It's lesser, even less than Rainbow Six abilities. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's just there's very light touching on the heroic part. Yeah. yeah, and that's why I that's why I think we're gonna see more operators in the future because, it, and and I think it's smart that it's a light touch because it does no one operator really changes the game, so you're not constantly they complement each other. You're not right. constantly having balance issues that have to be addressed season in and season out. Well, like they didn't have that in the last one, and there was constantly balance <laughs> issues. <laughs> Yeah, so. but that was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, okay. Some of it was yeah, by yeah. their own doing. <laughs> yeah. Regardless, I, it just, they do feel super focused. Well, I mean, that's, I mean, that's true. I, I think that's a good question. Would you say, like, let's, let's take Forge mode, because that's what I kind of compare Battlefield Portal to with these crazy custom modes that you can do. Would you say Forge mode hurts or helps Halo? You know what I mean? See, I think overall it helps. I see Forge mode, I mean... Okay, Forge Mode is the game you play with your friends just dicking around. Yeah. Uh, and some cool, fun, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ir- weird, zanky stuff. The difference between how Halo was before and how games are now is the perpetual leveling up mm-hmm. and uh, improvement to your character as you have your character growth, mm-hmm. uh, you know? Mm-hmm. That didn't exist necessarily before, and so that's why 
the marquee or the the focus of your multiplayer is generally going to catch the player base in one location yeah. where you can level it up the most. I remember I used I became a huge fan of Call of Duty on Search and Destroy because it was the highest experience. That was the high if you could make kills, that was the highest and fastest experience you can get uh, out of all the game modes. And so I th- the reason that it grabbed me is because that's where I, you know, it was the loot, the loot cave of, you know, experience, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. it wasn't a loot cave. It was just how you played the game. But you get what I'm saying? The, the place where players can go to get, gain the most for their character development is where players are going to go. Yeah. Well, that'll generally. be interesting because, and, and people can correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe you still get level up experience from the portal mode as well. Now, I don't know if it's going to be lessened or equal to, and then hazard zone, I assume it's going to have its own level up system, which will keep players there, you know, for that game mode, but it's going to be interesting because I mean, if you think of, uh, like going back to halo with forge mode, the reason we have griff ball and infection, which are two very popular modes is because of forge, you know? And I mean, it is a huge bummer that forge mode won't be there at launch, but I think at least having forge mode come in six months into the, game i think will rejuvenate the game because after six months you'll have people waning off and then you know that'll bring them back but i don't know maybe maybe battlefield portal will give us our battlefield griff ball mode that we've been wanting yeah (laughs) well i mean i've wanted it i wonder how much power they're going to do in regards to the engine and the bullet damage and stuff like that uh, they they had a, a while back they had a battlefield portal you know talk about or whatever you, you know whatever a it is about? yeah walk about a campfire setting <laughs> yeah. you know, they, we all they, sat around a campfire and chatted where they were they, a very safe place where they chatted about it and they basically they basically said they're going to give you a lot of control because they essentially said it's going to be almost like how certain game engines are where you take this uh property or this this i don't know this value and you plug it into this value, which then makes a new value. You know what I mean? They're going to, they say they're going to give you quite a bit of control. Now I think a lot of that control is going to be on the PC uh, with it being cross play and and cross progression, which again, I like Uh, you'll probably be able to go to your PC, make a custom mode, download it, and then, you know, be able to play it on your Xbox or wherever you're at. But it it does, we won't know until we get there, but when they did the show off, I think they showed uh, three or four different content creators. They made completely opposite games and they did talk about wanting to give a lot of that customization to the player. Now, obviously, you have to make it user-friendly, you know, to, so people can use. But it sounds like you're going to have a lot of options. And to be honest, one of the game modes I'm most excited for is five modern soldiers with modern weaponry against 100 <laughs> Germans with with World War II yeah, weaponry. that's cool. Uh, I mean, so I mean, that's so I, I mean, well, obviously, the they're able fight versus the defibrillators. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So obviously <laughs> you're able to do stuff like that. Um, I do think it's one of those things where they can update it over time. So we'll see what happens. And then, of course, it's going to be a live service game. So you can ex- you can almost expect battle passes and stuff like that to hope, you know, to keep players there because that's you know. how many times a day do you think developers have these kind of conversations or initially or, you know, well, I mean, good developers or. Oh, that, that's you know. true. Let's so. say good developers, because it's it probably because you want to have this stuff in mind. Right. I, I guarantee good developers. I, or, you know, if you have good leadership on your team, I, I guarantee they go over it tons. Because that they, has and to they, be the and focus. And they test it over and over and over, right? So I, I guarantee there's... 
I mean, obviously there's teams dedicated to this mode, but. And how, and how many ideas are scratched because you spend all this time months developing something because in game development, you can't do something in a week. Hundreds of ideas, I'm sure. And then you put all this time and money into an idea and then you finally go back to that target and go, well, this isn't really in the, the end user's best interests to have this on here and then to just scratch it. But that happens so much. Oh, yeah. But it's so frustrating. Uh, I mean, didn't Halo 3 basically get cut off of Halo 2? Like, it was all one game. And then they're like, oh, let's just scratch that whole last (laughs) half. Well, have you seen the how StarCraft 2 is made? How long it took and how many iterations of the game that they just scratched and started over and then scratch it? That game took 12 years to develop, which... I mean... It's not as, I mean, that's not as bad now when you have developers like Rockstar, but back yeah. then, a 12-year game development cycle to was be, to be fair, not normal. To be fair, due to recent allegations, there may have been other reasons it took long. <laughs> so, I mean, we could, uh, we could, you know, there's... That's uh, true. Now, they, now, now focus may have been in other <laughs> locations. May have, been, may have been elsewhere. So, it's it's hard to tell with Blizzard right now, but uh, no, but no, I, th- I think that's you're, I think you're right, you know. Anyway, something to think about. Because, uh, I, I mean, game development's got to be a tough... Well, I would like to be on good the... Game I, yeah, good game development. Yeah, good game development. No, I mean, going with that, I would like to be... I would just like to know how they organize things. Because let's take... Let's just take Battlefield. There's guaranteed hundreds, if not thousands, of people working on this game. Yeah. And you got one game director, right? I mean, does he just have, like, a flowchart whiteboard? And he's okay. Steve's on that, and you know what I mean, like how the organization of how everything has to come together, especially towards the end. I mean, obviously you have teams and departments with their own heads that obviously report up to the game director. But I mean, imagine like the logistics behind making a triple A, a good triple A game, and then you take a company like Rockstar who has studios all over the world. Same with Dice but has studios all over the world in different locations. So it's not like you can just like, hey, you know, yeah. put this in the mail tube and send it over. The undertaking is crazy. I, I know that like animators for movies, Pixar and stuff like that, They there are people that spend two years on five seconds of footage. Yeah, I actually saw a documentary on Frozen and it was a lady. Her job was like the reindeer running through the forest for a 30-second clip. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. yeah. Ooh. And... Uh, and then you add in all the balance. Movies don't have to be balanced. Well, I think uh, David w- would... <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. It's true. It's yeah. true. Well, I think David... Me and David talked about this one time. We, we heard a guy, he was a programmer, and he worked for Bethesda. And he basically said... He, he, was, at, he was doing something... But he said he was, like he was over the pots. Yeah, yeah, and he was like talk, he was he was talking to people that wanted to be programmers, and he basically said, "Look, you like doing the if same you want to be a programmer, day? this is the job." <laughs> and he said, "My job for two and a half years was pots. <laughs> like I nothing. Like he says, I made sure when a character ran into a pot, it acted appropriately. When someone picked up a pot, when someone did, you know, like it all acted appropriately, right? He his point was, he says, don't be fooled, like." Not everybody's Todd Howard, and and is like the game director role is a very one in a million That's what, shot. You know yeah. that was the idea. But he says if you want to be a programmer, make sure you love what you're doing because you could be working on pots for two years. Yeah, Todd Howard's the super or the NFL quarterback. There's only 32 of them. <laughs> yeah, there's, yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> so, but I mean, imagine. I mean, that guy was working on pots, right? Imagine like a position like Todd Howard or um or who I feel like who I really feel for. 
is um, uh, uh, Yo- Yoshi P, the Final Fantasy director, because yeah. they said, all right, turn it around and make us money. <laughs> and he was like, okay. <laughs> That's when he takes a... All right, you got to do exactly what I say. Yeah. yeah. Well, no, and that's actually his story is cool, but because from what I understand, and we've probably told this before, but I love this story. This guy inspires me. Apparently, he went home for two weeks, and he basically like he he played World of Warcraft. He, you know, he did he he basically went through all these things that games did right, and he after two weeks he came back to the heads of Square Enix and he said, "All right, here's my plan. You have two choices. You can spend this much money, and we can fix this game in two years." If basically, this if is you Final do, Fantasy XIV. Yeah, right? if you do, yeah, basically, if you do exactly what I say, or you can permanently permanently damage the brand, right? And <laughs> and can you imagine like walking into the boardroom of executives, like? I wonder how much sleep he got, sleep he got in those two weeks. Uh, well, okay. there's a lot of Mountain Dew drink. Total, total side note. So you know how World of Warcraft Classic came out. Yeah. For like nostalgia, you know, people wanted to go back and play the game how it originally was. He, no, she, no, Yoshi P was asked that same question. He says, "Have you ever thought about uh, bringing back like the original servers, you know, so people can be nostalgic?" <laughs> and he like, he like, and it was hilarious because I, I think there's basically like there's yeah. Anyway, so he he basically laughed and he he the word he said in English was nightmare. <laughs> He said nightmare, and then and then he gave the proper political answer that you're supposed to give, right? But it's yeah, it's no. He's I think that guy. He's he's dude, he's a very talented game director. Yeah, but. cool. Anyway, yeah, I would like to know the logistics of making a game. Well, it's like, gotta be the the hierarchy of how many people, how many to to make all that happen. Oh my gosh, yeah, a good game. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're talking good games. Like for example. Someone did not send the memos over at CD Projekt Red with Cyberpunk. Like there was a breakdown in their logistics on how to get that well, game out. You know, like well, so I work for a gaming company, and yeah, what are the logistics? Very, it's very so. Just like you, like the guy that just works on pots. In order for a successful gaming partner company to to happen, um, and and I mean my gaming companies, we're seeing lots of success. It's super specialized, so. <laughs> Where I'm over, I'm over community, for instance, and as we grow, that will even become more specialized. So I'm in the process of hiring people whose only job all day will be Discord. Only we have people whose only job all day is Twitter. This is just from a community management standpoint. And so you take that to game features, and you have people whose only job is quality control, double checking this guy's work or. And so it's a lot. Can well, you imagine what's, a big what's, AAA game? What's crazy is about every all that thing is super special. What's crazy about all that is even with your company, all of that has to be sewn together to and, work. Well, and then, you, you and know, then, so like, what you have is so so the person that I work most closely with is an operations manager. So that person's job is to get me what I need, get to, and connect it with the developers and what they need, and make sure that there's this. Make sure that there's this transfer of information that's happening. So what you're saying is that job's probably hard. That job's the middleman. That job, a risk. That, that person needs to make a lot of money. That job is the equivalent of passing notes in gym class. That job. No, that's like that. You know, that's, yeah, yeah. That job. Well, and that job has to deal with, like that's a uh, that takes organization to, and OCD yeah. and attention to detail and not being afraid to say, hey, 
hey, we got to get this done like nobody's yeah. nobody's business. That job. Well, and and I don't mean that. In that a job's demean- really tough. I don't mean that in a demeaning way. I mean that like you have to make sure this no, department yeah. communicates with this department without them actually talking to each other and both being happy for things to and work. So I'm sure at this at big companies, at, I mean, like big AAA studios, there's a guy whose only job is to get everybody coffee. <laughs> Oh, I know that's I know that exists. And that guy's probably stressed. That exists yeah. in my world too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called the intern. <laughs> it's a college student that The you unpaid intern. To do that, yeah. People got to eat, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah gone in 60 sales. Yeah, gone in 60. Let's seconds. take let's take two questions before we get out of here. Let's take Brian F's question first. Brian F wrote in everybody, if you want to write in again, youtubecom x one bros hit that community tab and submit your question every single week. He says, hey, guys, I keep hearing about how Xbox's first party lineup is going to be much stronger than Sony's this holiday season for the first time in a long time. I'm thinking about how they have transitioned over the past five years or so from playing the defensive to really taking the offensive. Do you believe their mentality will still be able to stay strong with innovation and fan friendly features in the future? Uh, I would hope so, because that's got that's that is what has got them to where they are now. Yeah, that's the key. And ultimately what does it is competition. It's why you want healthy competition. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily want one company dominating. What you end up getting with that is Madden. And $70 games. Which is, yeah, Madden uh, where there's no competition. So what do they have? They don't have to bring you the features that, that players want season in and season out. They can mm-hmm. continuously skip out on them. Mm-hmm. And I so I think, I think competition is important. And that's why Xbox is in the position that it's in because it was losing. It was getting punched in the face repeatedly. It finally decided. Decided. Yeah, I mean, well, they came first. Off. They had to play defense. Stop. First step one: stop getting punched in the face. Step two: start to punch back. Yeah, well, because they they were coming off, uh, they were coming off a high of the 360. I yeah, mean, the 360. High, high. I mean, I know PlayStation eventually caught up to the 360, but 360 just dominated. Yeah. Yeah. And then they came out with their. They just really marketed it wrong. Is all? It was a case of uh, it being before its time, and they kind of just said the wrong things to the wrong people. Yeah, the people that would buy their machine. Basically, they said <laughs> the wrong things to. Spicy. Yeah. You think the they'll be able to keep up this momentum that they have? Oh, sure. And innovation. Yeah. It, it does have, take leadership. Well, correct yeah. leadership. Well, yeah, Phil Spencer. And that's why I honestly, I feel horrible for the guy who takes Phil Spencer's spot. It's like, like the you want to be the guy after. It's him. like the guy. <laughs> it's like the guy at Alabama that takes Nick Saban's spot. Oh, yeah. You don't want to be that guy. You want to be the guy after. That, that. is impossible. <laughs> yeah, that's, yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure they'll get someone good. I hope. But I think I think Phil Spencer is kind of built i don't know what would you call he's a gamer yeah he's like a gamer. he's 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 really I th- he's he's a gamer a with difference. corporate with corporate abilities yeah and he smells great <laughs> yeah he does i have he smells i smelled him yeah he's a, i should i should email his email and ask what kind of email his email yeah cologne hey yeah uh, jordan a, remember me yeah hey uh what yeah. uh, cologne do you wear I uh, met you once, and you smelled really good. I was wondering what kind of cologne and aftershave you use. Just curious, thanks. XOXO, Jordan. (laughs) (laughs) I'll draft that up. Great question, Brian F. Thank you very much for writing. And Andrew Courtney writes in and says, After the varied degrees of shows we got from Xbox between E3 and Gamescom, which is the real Xbox? Why were the presentations so drastically different, and how can they do better to ensure the same quality of shows? Across an entire year, Jordan, why don't you why don't you take that? What what was their best showing? Number one, Gamescom, 
E3. Um, I well, I feel like the, I feel like they're almost two different shows. I feel like E3 was the bigger show because it had the big announcements. Yeah. Uh, and I feel like Gamescom was doubling down on those announcements and bringing us some new. Teasers. Well, yeah, because we, we, we I feel like Gamescom we we got a lot of we, we got some teasers. We got some. We, it felt like mostly like a lot of DLC, additional content to different to different features we already have. But I feel like. I, I don't know. I feel like E3 was kind of like, hey, here's everything new that's coming out. And then Gamescom showed more features of that new stuff were, that was coming out. Yeah. Which, depending where you're at, E3 was probably seen as, uh, if you're not a gaming person, as a major, uh, or not an Xbox person, as meh. Whereas Gamescom, it was like, oh, there's what Xbox, those are the games I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. That's what sets them apart. I don't think that there will be a consistency there because I think different conferences have different purposes. I agree. Well, and with everything, with a lot of things being online, I think that even changed the purpose even again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It is an interesting question, though. Um, I think they're already doing better with their conferences. How much money do you think they're saving from having to do these online? Oh, a lot. Like, you don't have to fly. Think about just Do you think that's why we got Bethesda? Because they were like, hey, flying. we don't have to pay for E3 this yeah. year. Why don't we just buy Bethesda? Yeah, well, E3 costs ah. us $7 billion <laughs> well, a year. Why don't do? we just buy Bethesda? They did <laughs> buy a block right next door to E3. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, so I'm, I'm telling you, man, they're probably saving a lot of money. I think you got to buy all the plane tickets for everybody and all that stuff. How long know? was the Microsoft Theater there for before? Oh, well, it used to be the Nokia T- Center. Nokia, yeah. And then I don't know if it was anything before the Nokia Center. T-Mobile Arena? I don't know. Yeah. Well, well that's Vegas. That's Vegas. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. they, they, they purchased that and then everything goes to hell. <laughs> <laughs> they don't show up at E3 anymore. Yeah. What will be interesting is does E3 return next year? Because we've had two years without. But see, here's the deal, though. They still They still use it for their... For production, Great production, yeah, for production. That's I true. mean, well, and they use. The, you can't yeah. get that production without something like that. You do that. need a location, yeah. yeah. Uh, green screen it. I mean, <laughs> that's what Sony did, and everybody got pissed because it looked like Dana Carvey in a Saturday that was, Night that Live was, skit. Well, I, I think it's because the silhouettes up front don't have so silhouettes. Funny. Yeah, that was so funny. It's totally like <laughs> that was funny though. Well, that was speaking of speaking of like this, I think what's important that the these guys need to do is to be specific on to what they are doing if it's a reveal for awesome gameplay be specific with that set the expectation up front correct that's what was the issue with that one is all gamers were excited for the playstation 5 we're in we're going to see what's revealed and it was a technical yeah we're uh, talking about theirs what about a year ago their green screen one (laughs) it's actually it it's funny because it looks like Dana Carvey doing a Saturday Night Live skit, and I think it threw a whole bunch of people off. That's what happens when you green screen. It, re- <laughs> yeah, it really does. But it, it really was does. funny. I, mean, you know, I laughed. Yeah, I laughed. So. And I was actually I extremely fascinated. I thought that was an excellent um, discussion on the the challenges that PlayStation had creating their, their hardware and the things they did around it, what it's capable of. I thought it was fascinating, but I have a technical brain you know so i not saying other people don't but i just really enjoyed his his conversation i mean if you're going there to expect games if you're you're going in there to expect game trailers and bang bang shoot shoot you're going to be very disappointed which a lot of people were with that 
Well, I, it almost makes me wonder if Nintendo has the best formula for the way they do it because they have their Nintendo Directs, which are generalized stuff. And what they usually do is they usually kind of fill out the year. Like, hey, this is what's coming this year. Maybe they'll get into some big announcements for next year and stuff. But then they have more specific Directs. Like the recently, they had the Pokemon Direct, which was all about Pokemon. Uh, and actually, PlayStation did this where they had their PlayStation State of Play and it was only focused on Horizon. You know, maybe, I mean, do you think that's the way to do it? And then you can have a much short, because, I mean, it was only like 20-minute videos because you're focused on one thing. You give all the features. I mean, uh, yeah, I don't know. Is that the way to do it? No, I like what Xbox does. Yeah. I I actually think Xbox is one of the better ones because Nintendo sometimes is too niche. So if I'm not interested in a game, I'm I'm not watching that hyper-focused presentation. But they're always smiling (laughs) with everything. It's true. That's true. That's and they're true. just yeah, they're just so enthusiastic <laughs> in their suits, you know, in their boardroom suits. You know, and you know what's funny is so I don't like Nintendo. I think I think overall is a good company. Uh, I don't think they're very consumer friendly, just like just like sure. Sony, you know. Like, but what's funny is if Nintendo, which I mean they have announced kind of what Sony announced, right? Like, oh yeah, we're we're not going to give you Zelda. We're going to give you you know. Well, you know, and they because they're they basically Nintendo makes you rebuy their games at full price all the time. Every time, there's and no it, discounts. And, and don't get me wrong, it's incredibly frustrating, and I I really dislike it, and I wish they would be more consumer friendly and just you know l- let me play the game that I already own, you know, stuff like that. But I I don't know. I think it's the way they talk about it, and the fact that they li- I think the media and people in general have gotten so used to being ignored by Nintendo. <laughs> That no one even just bothers anymore. It's like, hey, Nintendo, I don't like that you're re-releasing Skyward Sword again. Just let me play or, you know, let me play it or give it to me at a better price. And they just don't say anything and don't care. They've yeah. already moved on to the next game at that point, you know? That is they too snap, funny. And it's yeah. the next game. That is too yeah. funny. So I just, I don't, whoever Nintendo's like PR person is, is a genius. No, I don't think they have one. <laughs> I think it's straight and that's up the genius. just, eh. <laughs> We make games. This is great. Enjoy it. I mean, don't get me wrong. Nintendo has made its missteps. I mean, the Wii U didn't do very well, so they they readjusted. But and I don't want to say Nintendo's not consumer friendly. And I, you know, and Sony isn't. I mean, they they have aspects that are consumer friendly that help. You know, but I'm just saying when you re-release a game for the fiftieth time for another sixty dollar price tag. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. Know. Andrew Courtney. Blizzard does that too. (laughs) Andrew Courtney, thank you very much for writing in. That is a fantastic question. We do have one more question about Halo Infinite. Techie87 is getting a Series X and he wants to know, are we excited with Halo Infinite? And actually that brought up, that that brings up this question to, to me, to you guys. What is your most anticipated game for the rest of the year? Is it Halo Infinite? Right now it's Halo Infinite. Halo Infinite for you. So that answers Techie87's question. But I will yeah, I super mean, stoked to be for honest, Halo Infinite. Why is it a Halo well, Infinite? Well, okay, I mean, I, mine's a weird answer. Because it's it's the game it's for me it's the game I'm getting first. So actually right now it's Battlefield 2042 until December 20. Yeah. No, so, no, but most anticipated for the rest of the year. You could let's say you could only pick one out of all the games that are coming would, out. What's would, the one you're most excited about? I would for? refuse to choose because there it then has you, to be two. Don't put don't put limits on <laughs> yeah. Jordan's answer, there, David. Cuz right now my most anticipated game is Battlefield 2042. Yeah, but that's always going to be Because that's what I get in October. Yeah, but and that's then always going to be Once that hits, it's going to be Halo after that. But okay, let's say they both release at the same time i would probably play halo first 
and then quickly play Battlefield. Remember, Ragnarok. we do have Forza Horizon 5 on the way as well. We also have Back for Blood. Do any of those make it into the discussion? Compared to those two, no. Battle for me, Battlefield and Halo are my games for this year. Okay. Like if I had to cut all of them out and only pick two. And then out of those two, it would be Halo that you'd probably play first. Yes, but I would still play the other one. <laughs> okay, spicy. How about you? It's kind of like... Most anticipated game, remainder of the year. We're getting Halo Infinite. Yeah. So Far I, Cry 6 is on that yep. as well. Looks good. So I am going to have to say... I don't want to say that I'm not excited about Halo, which I am. It's If it was the most anticipated, it's going to be Forza. Because I just love... How relaxing and enjoyable! You're ready for it. You're ready for an explore Mexico time. Yeah, You're ready I have. For Mexico. I have, you know, ten months of the year. I have shooters, mm. but only mm. so often do I get uh, something mm. different. Yeah, brother Buddha writes in and says Far Cry Six is looking sweet, but Halo takes the crown. Hey, but see, Halo is definitely right there. It's right behind it. Yeah. Uh, I would put Halo you're, in front of everything else. You're almost asking us which one of our children would we save yeah. first in an emergency. I am. I am. You know what I mean? And that's I where am. it's like, well, I mean, this one. For me, I'm and I'm a huge me Forza guy. Huge. Love Forza. But I think Halo Infinite to me, and I'm also very excited for Battlefield Really? As well. You're going to say, oh, cool. I thought you were going to go Forza first, too. I think Halo Infinite, it feels like this this reboot with what spiritual reboot is spiritual what reboot yeah, yeah. If it, but it, it does feel that way and what they're doing with multiplayer multiplayer is the most fascinating to me and i'm i think that's what i'm most excited for no i'm i'm excited to see where they take the story especially once you guys finish halo 5 and we can discuss i'm in the middle of my it. yeah what do you think of of the story so far spicy halo 5 it's good it's decent, yeah. but not I, anything to write home about. I'm getting. Uh, I like the characters that I'm seeing, and okay, we're okay. progressing further. Is there well, nudity? <laughs> yeah, you really want to see Doctor Halsey, don't you? <laughs> yeah. Doctor Halsey, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, but you like? Um, no, there's no. To answer your question, no, there's no nudity oh, okay. as of yet. As of yet. So we haven't installed that mod yet. <laughs> yeah. The dong mod. <laughs> yeah. the, the rust dong mod. Good old Master Chief. They, uh, <laughs> they think, yeah. That, that's, that's yeah, that's not a, that's, they don't call him Chief for nothing, you know? Yeah. yeah. So Tech 87. That's not his rank. Let's just say that. So Tech 87, do we recommend him get Series X with Halo Infinite? If he can, well, I mean, if, if, yes, I if assume you can find one. The thing, yes. is, the thing is, is I assume he already has Game Pass, so he's going to get a lot of these games Ooh, anyway. Yeah. There you go. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Guys, that does us for today's show. Thank you, everybody who is here live. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. Don't forget, we are over on YouTube. We are making some moves and some changes on YouTube. We are going to have a, a weekly series of videos that we think you guys will really like. We'll, after, we're not going to announce it now after we drop the first one. It'll be every single week. So come join us. It'll be valuable content. Come join us live next week on Friday. We'll see you then. Happy Labor Day, everybody.
I'm looking 